You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. In Braves country, we are so excited for you to meet our new proud sponsor, Billy Reed. Now, Billy is an award-winning fashion designer who is redefining global style from his home base in the Shoals in Alabama. He is also a diehard baseball fan who grew up cheering on the Braves, and he offers a line of Atlanta-inspired hats, t-shirts, and accessories that embody the soul of our city. Billy and his team craft luxurious, made-in-the-USA shirts, denim, and more, all with a timeless modern style that will have you wearing them again and again. Experience them for yourself at his two Atlanta shops, one in Buckhead and one at provisions or discover them online at billyreed.com that's billyreed r-e-i-d.com Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of Behind the Braves, presented by Billy Reed, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast from MLB.com, virtually via Zoom, alongside Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. And Greg, we have one of your brethren on today, one of the fellow relief pitcher on today. I I love having all the different types of guests that we have on our show, but I something about having relief pitchers on here it just is always fun to me. We had Luke Jackson, we had Jerry Blevins last year, and today we've got in a loaded Braves bullpen. This is this is guys one of the standouts of the loaded bullpen. AJ Mentor, um, he's been such a great just such a great story this year because I know I first heard about AJ mentor. I first heard his name. We were still, I remember I was in a meeting at Turner field. So this is going back a few years uh, into the previous uh, regime in the front office. Um, They gave us, they gave marketing like a list of names to like, Hey, be on the lookout for these guys. Not, not to market them or anything, just be on the lookout because some of these guys might make a big impact within the next couple of years. And I was pretty well uh, like acquainted with our system at that point. The one name on there that I knew the name, but I, I hadn't really like paid much attention to him yet was AJ Mentor. And I went, oh, okay, interesting. I'll have to check him out a little bit. And then I immediately started paying attention to him. And then when I saw him pitch and saw what kind of stuff he had from the left side, I'm going, okay, all right, I, I see what they're – I see what what's what's so exciting about this guy, but then he had some success early on, and then kind of hit some hit some roadblocks, some struggles, um, and even coming into this spring training, and, and he talks about this. He didn't start off great, and then quarantine happened, and he kind of went home, got things right, and man, he is just having a phenomenal, phenomenal season. And it's just obviously it's great for us as fans of the team. I mean, we're benefiting from it, but from the personal side of it to see him having success after going through some of those trials and tribulations has been great. So, um, like I said, your fellow, your brethren, the fellow reliever. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's just exciting to have him on today, isn't it? It is. And I, I haven't been around AJ much, but when I have been around him, he just, uh, he's like what we saw, you know, in, in what everybody's going to get a chance to hear. He's a pretty humble guy. And, um, 
just, uh, you know, just easy to talk to and good old Texas boy. And uh, so I, I, I've been rooting for him. And like I told him, you know, he's got the stuff. It's just it, like a lot of these guys, we've been waiting for them to put it together, whether it's Kyle Wright or, you know, Ian Anderson or Sean Newcomb or A.J. Minter. I mean, think about Tukey. There's all these guys, Bryce Wilson, that we have t- talked about for years that have been in the Braves fold that we've just seen, okay, who is it going to be? Who's going to turn the corner? And you know what? Sometimes that stuff gets contagious. We've seen Ian Anderson turn the corner, you know, albeit it's just, you know, from start to start. But anything that goes beyond three innings, we're loving. And we, we, we can say that's turning the corner. And then all of a sudden you see Kyle Wright do it. And, of course, before all those guys, A.J. Minner did it. And he's been doing it for the last, um, you know, since the season started. So, man, it's great to see. And I, I think that one thing I didn't get the chance to ask him, and we'll, we can talk about that too, is that when you see guys in the bullpen having success, you start feeding off one another. You know, one person encourages another person. Like, you know, he talks about his relationship with Josh. And then you, you're learning from Melanson. You're learning from Green. You're learning from Will Smith. So all these guys, they start feeding off each other. And then next thing you know, you've got this atmosphere of success and you've got everybody has expectations that the intensity level goes up and the great bullpens that I was involved in. That's what happened. I mean, nobody wanted to be the weak link. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's success breeds success. Sometimes, you know, you need that good that good motivation, I would say, you know, to keep pushing yourself and you feed off of each other. I think that's. That's not just in sports. I feel like that's a thing in any team setting, whether it's business or, or whatever goal it is you're, you're working towards. If you're in a group setting like that uh, and you're working towards something together, as you have a common goal. And if you're having some individual success that is part of that team success, then that just helps everybody and it fuels everybody and motivates you to be better. So I think that's, yeah. that's well said. Perfect example, how we hit in the 29 29- 29 run game versus how we hit last night. <laughs> hitting, hitting is contagious. And, and I'll say pitching is the same way. If your staff is going well, and that's what the beauty of Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz and Avery, those guys, nobody, they were all competing against one another. So the intensity was there because they were battling for Cy Young Award winner, you know, Cy, Ward, uh, Cy Young Award, and they were battling for, you know, Pitcher of the Week and Player of the Month. And, you know, so you had all this stuff going on because those guys were just – that's how they had to motivate themselves. And and so nobody wanted to be that be the guy that had the bad start. So I, I will say that case in point, hitting – you know, we just saw two great examples of how nobody got out, you know, in the 29 run game and everybody got out. And you thought that we faced, uh, you know, um, uh, Roger Clemens the other night, you know, or last night with the Orioles. And it was a guy who's that was that even his first career start. He'd been in the bullpen, right? Something like that. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was it looked his like Roger Clemens. Yeah. That's not the same team that hit that scored 29 runs. Right. So. Right. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, let's get into – we can get into that 29-run game a little bit more uh, after we talk with A.J., but before we do that, why don't we go ahead and visit with with him first. Uh, here he is, Braves reliever, A.J. Minter. So, A.J. ready? Here it comes. Here he go. He went around, and that 
such a ball game. The Braves win. Minter strikes out the side in the ninth inning, and the Braves wrap up a comeback for the ages. Well, hey, AJ, thanks for joining us here on Behind the Braves. You doing all right today? Yeah, I'm doing well. Can't complain. Good, man. Well, we, uh, we appreciate your time. We know uh, you're in Baltimore, and you guys uh, got to get ready for tonight because uh, Lord knows you'll be pitching. Right. <laughs> yeah, I gotta be gotta be ready every night. That's right. That's right. Well, hey, just uh, so a quick few questions from us. We'd uh, love to know uh, just a little bit about um, what's going on with you. We haven't had you on the show, but we've had some of your other teammates on. And being a former reliever myself, I love to get you guys some some props and and talk to you about uh, what's going on. You're having a great year. Tell us what's gone on since uh, this time last year. What, what do you feel like has been the biggest adjustment for you? Oh, man, where to start? Uh, last year was a – it was a, a rough year. There's no way of, you know, sugarcoating it. Um, just physically, mentally, it was it was depressing what it was. It was hard. I've never really gone through failure like that before. Um you know, had success in college, shot up in the minor leagues, debuted early, had success when I first debuted. And then, you know, last year just – it hit me right in the face. Mm-hmm. And um, I really didn't know how to deal with it, honestly. It was a whole new learning experience for me. And there's um, – looking back, I mean, there's definitely ways I definitely could have handled it better. Um, but that's, you know, why, you know, I have to – look back and just appreciate it and learn from it you know you come a, a fork in the road and you have to decide you know where you know where you're going to go from this you're going to keep going down the same road and um you know coming into spring training you know I was fighting for a spot you know um I wasn't guaranteed at all and obviously it got optioned down after my first outing in spring training and unfortunately for me you know quarantine happened and we got sent home and that was a time where, you know, I could go home and have a few extra months of, you know, work on what I needed to work on. And I've talked about it a little bit, but with Josh Tomlin, um, we're both from the same hometown in Tyler, Texas. And me and him just, you know, got straight to work. We didn't stop. And it was a time for kind of learn from him, get pick his brain a little bit. And I was just – so much appreciative of, you know, because I, I was fortunate enough to have a, you know, place that a person to play catch with. You know, a lot of guys got to go home, didn't have a person to play catch with or a place to work out at. And so I was just blessed, you know, in that aspect from it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's so powerful. And I feel, I felt like I was just like you. I had some great guys around me, I had former Cy Young Award winners that were in the bullpen. I came in as a rookie. Steve Bedrosian, Jay Howell, and and uh, Mike Stanton, the guys that that I I could just absorb what was going on. But you know, it's a great point. If you hadn't been in the spot that you were in, if you hadn't had some failure, you may not may not have been prepared for what Josh had to say. Yeah. And that's that's a great thing that sometimes we've got to be, you know, have we got to be fertile soil to be able to make our our careers go to a different level. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's just a powerful word. I mean, so I'm, I'm so thankful that happened because I'm telling you what, what you're doing now is night and day from what you were doing before. And when I, when I watch you, I get the sense that you, you're confident 
you know, your confidence comes from execution. In execution, you got the game plan and you're making it happen. So what's going through your mind a little bit when you're out there, um, you know, when you're when you're pitching and how you're executing? So I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible. Honestly, I'm trying honestly what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to lead the team in the least amount of walks. I'm trying not to walk people. And that starts with me throwing first pitch strike and getting ahead in counts. And when it gets to, you know, one one, two, two. A, you know, a bell goes off in my head. I need to throw a strike right here because I don't want to fall behind in the count and I don't want to get to three balls. So I'm just trying to keep it simple. And obviously with the changeup this year, I mean, I don't think it's my, obviously my, my best pitch. It's not my strength, but it's just something to, to show and get hitters off balance and something to, you know, put in the back of their head. You know, I have to watch out for this pitch and that allows me to, you know, my strengths, which are, you know, my fastball and my cutter slider, and that's just going to make that pitch much better. So uh, I saw you on uh, social media with Josh working out. Did you guys do a lot of work in his driveway? Is that is that what I saw? So literally every day I would drive over to Josh's house, which is about seven minutes from my house, and we would long toss and play catch in his driveway. And Josh, uh, fortunately, he built a, his own mound that we could – set up in his driveway when he had, you know, catchers come over and catch us that way. So it was definitely, um, yeah, just quarantine it at home literally and trying to stay ready at the same time. Yeah. I feel like I can't remember if it was like a little playhouse or like a, like, I know I had one of those when I was a kid, one of those little Jeeps, the little electric Jeep thing that you ride around it. And it was just, it was wild to see. I'm like, here's big leaguers and this is how you stay ready in quarantine, like in the driveway, like putting the toys of the kids toys aside. And it was, uh, you know, I guess that was just kind of what all of us were doing. Like, hey, whatever you got to do to work from home and get it done, that's what you got to do. But that was uh, – it's just great to see that that's all – all that work is, is now paying off for you. And I think Josh Tomlin is getting um, his props from – like all the fans are, are really getting giving him a lot of props too. I know Kyle Wright had a great start the other night, and Josh is giving credit for him. I mean, just – Having somebody like that around that can share knowledge and uh, it has to be just such a huge thing for you guys. It really is. I mean, Josh just celebrated, you know, his 10 years of service time in the big leagues. And, um, you know, it's people take for granted. It's hard to it's hard to stay in the big leagues for 10 years. And Josh will tell you he's been through his ups and downs and he's been in the spotlight and, you know, had some great years, you know, pitching a World Series with Cleveland and. Um, that's a, that's a guy that you want to, you know, just absorb all the knowledge he has. And with the guy with Josh, he's not a guy that's going to go out there and blow you away. He's going to, you know, he's going to command the ball and he's going to locate and get guys, you know, off balance. And that's, he's a pitcher. He's not a thrower. And with the stuff he has, he just, it's, it's impressive the way, you know, he gets, he gets guys out and he believes that he's throwing 100 miles an hour just with his confidence and his demeanor. And, you know, that's what you want as a pitcher. Yeah, the cool thing about that is that one day you're going to be able to pass it along yourself. So uh, I look forward to hearing that story, you know, because you've got you've got great stuff. That's no secret. You know, when you came out of Texas A&M, um, you had the stuff. That's why the Braves drafted you in the second round. You don't get drafted in the second round unless you've got what it takes. Um, but then 
there's adjustments along the way, right? You adjusted to A ball and the double A and the triple A. And then, you know, you were trying to find your way in the big leagues. And unfortunately, or fortunately, it's just, that's just part of the game. You know, it's just a process of everybody. So I look forward to hearing the story on what, what the young, young pitcher you get to help. But as I, as I look back about um, just as those, those adjustments, you know, you're going to be better prepared when something happens again, right? I mean, we all, we never go through a career. I pitched for 13 years, you know, and it just, it just happens, you know, some things happen. Give us a glimpse um, kind of in the day in the life of you, what do you do to prepare? Like tonight, you've got to go out, you're thinking you're going to pitch. So when does it start for you? Um, and when does it ramp up? What, what do you, what keys do you look for to get ready for your, your time to pitch? I mean, obviously it starts when you get to the field. Um, there's days as a reliever, especially there's days you feel good and there's days you don't feel good at all. And there's days you have to go out and pitch when you don't feel good. So it's your job as soon as you get to the field um, to come in and get your work done. You know, whether that's in the training room or the weight room and making your, getting your body uh, to feel better, basically. And where you can go out and pitch. I mean, it's going outside and I'm a firm believer I remember 2018 when I had success, I was long tossing every day with Sam Freeman. He's my long toss partner. And I loved the way it made my arm feel. I loved like on days where I'm a little tight and hanging a little bit, learning how to control how many throws you do throw when you're warming up and when you go outside and playing catch. But just the, the, the act of stretching your arm out just really helps me and doing that this year with Grant Dayton. Um, we've been long tossing every day and it's something it's in our routine now. And it's something that uh, we're believing that it's helping us have success. <clears throat> and then once the game starts, it's, um, so we obviously have a pretty thorough um, scouting report on hitters um, that we go over before each series and we have cards in our back pocket and iPads now it's crazy with all the technology we have but we get to have iPads out in the bullpen where we can you know look at you know what hitters we think we're going to face in their lineup and it starts there is just learning you know where to attack hitters and where their weaknesses are and then you usually have a a sense an idea when you're going to come up you know start warming up in a in a game um, so it's just a matter of staying ready and having a routine every single day for me, it's, you know, working, stretching out my hips and my legs. Um, it's just, a, yeah, a matter of a routine, and it's sticking with it. And I feel like I learned watching Shane Green and Mark Melanson, their routines are exactly the same every single day. And I never really had that. And it's nice to, you know, watch them go about their business. So I have a bit of an off-the-wall question that I have to ask. Um, yeah. So I work with the marketing and social media team with the Braves, and so I'm always trying to keep up with you guys on social media and just seeing what you're up to and that sort of thing. And one of my favorite things this entire off-season in quarantine, now, Greg, AJ appears to live, I'm gonna, it's like a condo or an apartment pretty high up on a golf yeah. course and overlooks this beautiful golf course. And AJ will take it from his balcony, take a golf ball, and basically, I guess, throw it or toss it and try to make it in the hole on the green that's closest. Now, so so many questions here, but how many floors up are you and what's the closest you've gotten? Because I'm not kidding when I say, like, I was, I'm was i endlessly entertained by watching you try to make that shot from your balcony. Yeah, it started, I guess, about a year and a half ago, two off-seasons ago. 
And just one day, like you said, I live in a condo. I'm overlooking the 17th green um, from my balcony and it's 13 stories up. And it started one day, I just decided to toss a golf ball off the balcony and I got pretty close. And from then on, um, I try to make it almost every single day. And <laughs> honestly, I only post the ones that are close. <laughs> and there's been some, some pretty close ones. And it's, I get so close and it's so frustrating because I've literally, I go to Walmart and buy, well, I first started off, you know, throwing the expensive golf balls, the Pro V1s off the balcony. And then I learned that that's pretty expensive. So I went to Walmart and just, you know, bought, you know, just the refurbished golf balls that are pretty cheap. And I have them sitting right out there on my balcony and I try and toss one every day and I have to record it because if I make it one day, I got to get it on video. <laughs> Hey, hey, will you do one for me? Wait till somebody's on the green, throw it, and yell four. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, too. And then go inside. <laughs> I'll have to wait for golfers to get off the green before I can throw one. And when I do throw one and it's pretty close on the green, it's funny to watch other guys come up and play, and they think it's their golf ball that's sitting right next to the hole. <laughs> you need to start writing on them and say, no, loser, this is not yours. Yep. <laughs> That was my, and that was, and that answers my other question was, I am sitting there going, he can't be going down there and getting each of these. He's got to be just in team watching what happens. So that answers yeah. my question. Okay. Well, I'm rock flights. He's buying rock flights. Yeah. Well, I'm, I hope you're not back home until, you know, November. Cause that means we played uh, baseball the, the, when we want to be playing it. Uh, but I do look forward to you being back home and uh, going for that hole in one. So I had to ask that cause it's, it's just very entertaining. Yeah, I get a lot of like um, content from it. Like a lot of people respond to it and say they love those videos. So they got to keep it going. <laughs> right on. That's good. Well, you have a lot of rookies on the team. So which guy in the bullpen and the rookies bringing the snacks during the game? Or do you guys do that anymore? So when I first got caught up, I had to bring the bullpen bag down to the bullpen and go around and ask what snacks everyone wanted. <laughs> but now they're we're fortunate enough to the bullpen catchers um, – Jimmy Leo and Yepes, they they bring down the snacks for us, so we're pretty. Oh, cool. that's brutal! Yeah. That's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only I was the only rookie on the team, and I had to bring a pitcher of Coke and all the right candy bars and the coffee and everything mm-hmm. down there. I Man, I spent like the first three innings just trying to get everything down there. <laughs> I remember I was I think my second or third day in the big leagues, and you know I got the bullpen bag ready with all the snacks and we went down the bullpen and I'm not going to say who it was but a veteran came up to the bullpen bag and he was going through it you know trying to find a snack that he wanted and sure enough he couldn't find anything that he liked so he just dumped the whole bag on the floor and basically told me to you know get better do a better job <laughs> that's great that's awesome <laughs> well, aj thank you so much for your time man it's been we've been rooting for you uh, greg and i in addition to hosting this show i mean we're always just texting or t- talking about the game and the team and uh that's been one of our biggest thrills this year it's watching you have so much success this year and we wish you nothing but the best and more of it moving forward well, i appreciate that yeah finish strong buddy good yeah. talk to you all right thank y'all thanks all right see you i will see you
our thanks again to Braves relief pitcher, AJ Mentor, for joining us here. Um, those guys are, are pretty busy right now, obviously, as the season's winding down. So for any player to take out, you know, 15, 20 minutes of their day, we very, very much appreciate it. And thanks, of course, to Braves Media Relations and, and John Kerber and Beth Marshall and everybody there for uh, for helping us out and carve out some time with, with AJ today. Uh, well, Greg, I got to tell you, we, we talked about in the intro that 29-run game. Uh, being in the press box for that one, that was uh, the one thing I've learned in my six seasons actually working in this job is that, and I'm going to screw up the saying, but what is the saying? Like you show up to the ballpark, you might see something you've never seen before. I mean, and that's the thing is, especially if you're working in it and you are going every day and you're working there every day, it just holds true and you just don't know. And it can be any given day. And even in that game, it was, you know, the Braves had that 11 run second inning and it's like, okay, all right, you know, we're going to, we should be okay here. I mean, we, we, we had a big run in uh, against who Philly or whoever it was a couple weeks ago that got a little too close for comfort, but you're thinking about it. Then you get around 15, 16 runs like, man, this is one of the, I was like, this might be the highest scoring game we've had since, uh, since I've been working here. And then you get past 20 and you're going, Holy <laughs> crap, what is going on? And then a coon. Now you're in college again. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sitting there going, there was, I think it was around the time, I want to say Acuna's deep bomb to center that went on and traveled out of the center field gate. Uh, as soon as he hit that one, I, I won't say who, but a beat writer who was sitting next to me just goes out loud, holy, and you can fill in that. And both of us then immediately got back to our, our computers to, you know, start typing and do our work. But, and then when Adam Duvall came up with the bases loaded, it was 25 to nine or whatever it was that we had 25. I had the sense of like, he's going to hit a grand slam here. Like this is like, there's no way he's not going to. Yeah. It's sure enough he did. And I just, that was, uh, that was one of those games I'm going to remember forever. I'm just like, I, I cannot believe what I'm watching right now. Um, and I think it's an illustration. Now, granted, you're going to have games like last night against the Orioles where we couldn't get anything going, but this is an illustration of one through nine. And, and yes, I know we haven't had the DH till this year. I'm aware of that, but I'm still saying one through nine, but if you want to call it one through eight, that's fine. At least in my time working here and as a Braves fan in my life, I can't remember an offense that looks stronger than this one, one through nine. And that is no disrespect because there've been some really good ones. The O three team was, uh, was loaded, uh, you know, teams in the 90s, maybe not the power, but there were still lineups that were – you really couldn't find any weak spots, I don't think. Yeah. But I, I tell you, I can't remember one that looks, at least on paper, that looks as lethal as this one does when everybody's healthy. Yeah, there there were um, – teams are always built a little bit different. There's been – I remember that Indians team in 95. They were built just like this team. They didn't have as much pitching, but, man, their lineup was – they set all kinds of records, and they were pretty potent. Uh, it is it is interesting how um, when a team goes out there and they just start hitting and you think, okay, surely some of these guys are going to slow down. Of course, it's you know it's a sixty game season. There's been plenty of people that have gotten hot, you know, for sixty games, but that's why we play one sixty two. This year's not going to be like that. You're going to have people that are going to look – they're going to have the best years of their career because it's going to be over 60. You know, it's only going to be 60 games. And I did have – I think it was – maybe it was Phil Necro we talked about on the uh, 
maybe before or after the podcast, or maybe said this on the podcast, I don't remember, but he was talking about what they're going to do with all the awards. How are they going to, how are they going to judge the awards this year for batting average or for home runs, you know, over 60 games. And um, it's just, it's just, we're in unprecedented times. And, and so it's only natural that we see unprecedented baseball, right? Uh, you know, and I think about Dansby hit the hardest ball he's hit all year. And, um, you know, he flew out to, he flew out to uh, center field, you know, last night. And I mean, what a great year. He, you know, he just continues to, command the strike zone um, and he doesn't swing at bad pitches and he hits the ball hard. He plays great shortstop. I mean, that's a talking about a guy who's turned it around. I, I did not see him um, this being a breakout year, but he's gotten a little bit better every year. And, and it's just been great to watch. And we talk about AJ and um, you know, we're, we're waiting for Riley's turned it around a little bit, but I think he's got more in the tank. I don't think he's a, potentially a 230 hitter. I think he's a 250, 260 hitter, but, you know, I think he's still learning, but he's playing great third base. So I'm, I'm with you. This lineup, and I've seen the Braves for a long time, and um, I've not seen one through nine um, a potent a, a team as this. And, and a lot of that has to do with everybody having great – nobody being in a slump. Now, Acuna, you could say that he's in a little bit of a slump right now, and maybe it's because he got fired a ball off his foot. But um, but when you look at just the consistency over the last you know 50, 50 days, these guys have just been consistent, and they have continued to to play well. And you know, let's let's not overlook. And Paul Bird had a great thing the other night. He said, out of the four components of a team, you've got the bullpen. It's pitching great. You got defense is great. You got the hitting is great. The only thing that's not been great has been the starting pitching. But three out of four, you can go a long way. Now, will you go all the way and win the World Series? I'm not sure you will. But um, stranger things have happened. And I think if we can get any glimmer of hope this week with a couple guys coming back, then uh, we just we don't have to get great at starting pitching, but we got to get better. Yeah, and I think you and I were talking about this not on the show. I think we were just chatting about this yesterday. Um, we don't need guys. We don't need starting pitchers to go out there and be perfect. Every Like the other three <laughs> facets of our game that you just mentioned there are so good and are good enough that we don't need perfection from the rotation. We just need you to go out there and just keep us in the game. I mean, I know that's a cliche right. thing to say, but – it's never been more true than what this team is like. All our starters really need to do are keep us in the game. Just don't let it get out of hand because our offense is good enough that they can they can compete with anybody. Our bullpen, I'll put our bullpen against against any other bullpen in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can show me all the numbers you want. That's fine. I, I'll still take ours. I like what we got yeah. there. Defense they just play. have to go six innings. Uh, to me, Quality that's the starts, right? Quality starts. Out. Yeah, the starters have to go six innings. And if they just gave up four runs, you know, or, or you know, right now, or five runs, then I think we're going to out, we're going to win. But when you get in the playoffs, you're going to have to shrink that down. I think they're only going to be have to give up three, maybe four. Because I don't see the Dodgers start pitcher pitching uh, going to give up more than four runs a game. Right. Well, and look, the good news is we should have Max Free back. So if he's healthy, you feel good about that. Cole Hamels is going to make his debut. And, again, we don't need him to be the, the Cy Young Award winning Cole Hamels. 
Right. You just need to be a good veteran that just goes out, goes out there, keeps us in the game. Ian Anderson, look, he's a rookie. He's only had what four starts, but just tell, just keep doing what you're doing, kid, and we're we're fine there. If Kyle Wright can, that was so that was a, such a huge start for him the other day to see him turn a corner. I mean, we're talking about AJ Mentor turning the corner. Yeah, it's one start, but still, it still felt like he's he's really has turned a corner here and has figured some stuff out. Doesn't mean there's not going to be more bumps in the road along the way. But that was the thing. I, that was the kind of start I felt like we've been waiting on for from Kyle Wright since he made his debut about two years ago, really. Um, and so that was huge. So, and again, everything is so different. You just mentioned everything. This is all unprecedented. We're going to have 16 teams in the playoffs. We're starting off with this three-game series in the postseason to kick things off. And anything's possible. Again, I keep coming back to the – I'll just keep harping on it. We don't need perfection. We just need guys to get out there and start to keep us in each game, and the rest of the team can handle the rest. Um, so if you get Freed back, you get Hamels in there. Ian Anderson keeps just keeps m- making quality starts, and he's made more than – he's been above quality, to say the least. But let's assume there's maybe some aggression or teams adjust to him a little bit. If he just continues to have quality starts, and then you have a guy like Kyle Wright who can do the same thing, just, just give us six innings, three or four runs – and, I, you know, you, so I'll sign up for that right now. You give me three or four starters that give me six innings. I'll even say four runs. I, I'll take it. But I think we can, we can compete with that. Like you, I don't know if that's good enough to win a World Series, but I, I'll take my chances with it. Well, the one thing I really loved about what Ian Anderson's doing and what Kyle Wright did his last start is that they looked like that they were pitching the way they were meant to pitch. So, um, and I've seen this from the start from Ian Anderson. I mean, I think that it was, he had four starts now, three of those four, he looks like he's in a natural progression of how he wants to pitch. And he looks like he's pretty much sticking with that game plan and he's having some success and he's ex- and that's a lot of it's because he's ex- executing the changeup, he's executing his fastball and he's executing his breaking ball when he needs it. And he's throwing some when he's behind the count. And that's why he's been successful so far. The biggest, the biggest thing I've been excited about is, is something's changed with Kyle because all the other starts I've seen him make, I mean, every single one of them since what last year, the year before was it last year, his first time, this one stands out so much different than any other one. And I think, and this is just my observation and humble opinion about it, but it seems like he was trying to pitch the way the team was game planning. So for instance, you know, they have these little cards and wristbands and the catchers say, here's how you get this guy out. You have to throw the ball at the top of the zone and you got to throw the slider here and you got to throw a curve and throw a change. I feel like that Kyle got to the point where, remember, this guy had a lot of success in college, pitched at one of the best universities for baseball at Vanderbilt, success in the minor leagues, doing well. And I think he got the he came up here and everybody was telling him how to pitch. Here's where you need to throw the ball. Here's the scouting report. Do this, do that. I don't think it was in his wheelhouse. I don't think that was his strength. So I think it feels like that there was a conscious decision by somebody to say, okay, we're going to go back to what makes you successful. And that's sinkers in and that's change ups and then it's a breaking ball. 
And I think once he made the change, because I didn't see hardly any forcing fastballs up. There were a few of them, but it wasn't a predominant pitch. It reminded me of Soroka. When Soroka pitches, you throw the book out the door, whatever the current book is. The current book is we're going to throw the ball at the top of the zone in this one little spot. And because of the way the hitters are trying to create launch angle, it's going to be impossible for them to hit the ball. So we're going to keep pounding that spot. And Max Fried had that same problem early on. He kept trying to do that. And guess what? Then all of a sudden he started pitching down to the zone and pitching his game, and he got way more successful. But when he was throwing really hard four-seamers at the top of the zone, he kept having inconsistent outings. So I've seen it from Soroka. I've seen it from Freed, and it looks like that Kyle Wright just made that same adjustment. He said, screw it. I'm going to go back to my sinkers, and I'm going to pound the ball in, and I'm going to make guys hit the ball on the ground. And guess what? It made everything else come back because then he was relaxed and he was able to throw his breaking ball, and then he was able to throw his changeup, and he kept getting guys to ground the ball. And even though he, he set a record for his, his own personal record for strikeouts, and I think he had nine in the game, it, those strikeouts came about later in the game, it seemed like, because he was nice and relaxed early on to get comfortable because he was throwing that hard. I mean, he's got a 95-mile-an-hour sinker. And that's the same way Soroka. They keep hitting it off their foot. They beat it into the ground. And it just looks like to me that there was a conscious decision to say, I'm going back to what made me successful. I don't care what the scouting report said about what these guys can't hit. I have to do what I have to do. And to me, that has been the big difference between Kyle Wright two nights ago or three nights ago whenever he pitched and then over the last, over the last two seasons. And I just, that's just my gut feeling. But it, to me, it was a stark difference in how he approached the game versus how he was approaching it before. Well, you know, taking that start and how effective he was moving forward, the confidence that he's got to feel from being out there, being effective, getting his first win, big league win, doing it against Max Scherzer, who's as good as it gets in today's game, the amount of confidence he's got to take from that moving forward can only benefit us all. Um, so I'm yeah. just so excited for him and the team. I mean, look, we've been waiting for basically pretty much this whole 60-game season at this point for starting pitchers to step up. And if we're going to have some one or two step up, boy, now's the time for it, isn't it? I mean, uh, we're in first place. We haven't yeah. won the division yet. I mean, it looks like the – Hey, it's 2020, so we're battling the Marlins uh, for the division. And the, and yeah, the Marlins who are, thunk it? you know, I, I credit where it's due. They've certainly – nobody had, had picked them to win much of anything, and then they start the season the way they did with all the controversy and the adversity they went through. Uh, so I got nothing but – give nothing to credit for them for being putting themselves in the position that they're in. So uh, – but we haven't won anything yet, but um, the rotation at least seems like it's – starting to take some form now and um let's face it if we're going to do anything in the postseason if we're going to get over the hump and get past the first round we have to have at least a state we have to have a stable rotation of sorts i mean maybe it's a three or four man rotation but just there has to be some stability there we needed more than max freed and then fill in the blank each day um mm -hmm. i think we're kind of getting there now which is very very exciting and yeah you know, let's fin we finish strong, finish the regular season strong, hopefully take our third division title in a row, and then get to the postseason and, and see what happens. Anything's possible, especially in 2020. Well, I'm a lot more positive today than I was two weeks ago because it was not look like there was any end in, 
any end in sight for what was happening at the start of the game. And the offense was having to do way too much work. And so just like, you know, we talk about how it'd be nice for a starter to go out there and throw six or seven innings to give the bullpen a break. Well, the same idea goes with the offense. Let's go out there and throw a shutout or throw a one hitter or throw a one run, you know, give a one run, give the offense a break to where they don't, they're not having to grind to try to come back from five or six runs down. I think that all plays, you know, hand in hand. So there's a lot of optimism right now because we don't know what's going to happen with Cole and we don't know what's going to happen with, um, you know, with uh, Max. So there's a lot of, a lot of optimism. Now, hopefully that optimism continues after their two starts. And, and I think you'll have a lot of Braves fans, pretty, a lot of Braves fans that are pretty excited about where we are this time next week than, um, you know, than we were last week. Amen. I couldn't have said it better. I'm excited, and I'm very excited to see uh, see what happens over these next uh, well under two weeks now of this season. So, it's God, it's crazy. I know. I know. Well, listen. We this thanks again to AJ Mentor for joining us here on Behind the Braves, presented by Billy Reed. It was fun getting to uh, chat with him and get to know him a little bit. And uh, thank you to all of you, as always, for listening, reviewing, subscribing, sharing the show. We very much appreciate it. Uh, for Greg McMichael, I'm Ricky Mast. We'll see you next time on Behind the Braves. Hey, Braves country. We just wanted to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe Behind the Braves, presented by Billy Reed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Braves.com slash Behind the Braves, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.